Previously on See You in Another Life, Brothers. I, I don't know, bro. I just feel like the universe is a cruel, chaotic mess that spits on the hopes and dreams of people like us. How is a man to find love in such a destitute wasteland? I disagree. It It is man's destiny to find love. And I believe that the universe will bring it about in its own good time. You simply must believe. But how can any pre-orchestrated fate come to be when man has free will? How can there be any meaning in life when all we do is destroy each other? Yes, free will does exist, but so does hope. It is the highest end of the heart of man, and we are naturally predisposed to something greater. It just takes time. Hey, uh, speaking of time, how much longer do you think it'll be before the dog craps? No idea. Seems like we've been waiting here for hours. Are you sure it ate your ring? How can we be sure of anything in this chaotic mess of a world? Hey, now you're seeing it my way. Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of See You and Another Life Brothers. My name is Joe, and I love Lost. And joining me as always is a guy, a dude, a bro, from an, from the same mother, Andy. Hello. Hi. How are you? I am good, and I, you know what? I'm just going to say it. I also love Lost. Oh, hot take. He, look out, ladies and gentlemen. He's coming in hot tonight. This guy. Coming in the with the hot takes. He's coming in with the hottest of takes that he loves Lost. And I, I don't know if the world's ready, quite honest. We might have to just scrap this whole thing. I mean, it's that might be too hot a take. These white hot takes are just too much for people. I know it. And I'm coming in with another one right now. Okay. Are you ready for it? Okay. Give it to I me. thought this episode was really good. Ooh, you're making me sweat. <laughs> you're making me sweat with your hot takes. Well, that's what I'm here for. So yeah. you can't take it. I don't know. If you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen. Or get out of the episode of Lost, at which we're talking about today. And by the way, that episode is entitled, And Found. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, and, you, uh, you gotta really hear that ellipsis. Yes, it's entitled, And Found. If, if you, uh, everyone out there, if you go about your day and someone asks you, hey, what, what episode of Lost did you watch recently? You have to say, and found. You can't say, and found. That's not the name of this episode. It's yeah. just wrong. You can't do that. And I will find you. I will hunt you down if you do that. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's yeah. a little harsh. You gotta, you gotta, if someone asks you what episode of Lost you just watched, and you watch this one, you gotta lock eyes with them. Mm-hmm. And found. You know, yes. you can't, You they need to know. Mm-hmm. That you're waiting, yeah, because that's part of the name. Mm-hmm. And I think the beauty of this episode title is that you know it, it forces us to get comfortable with awkward pauses. Mm-hmm. I don't think our culture is comfortable enough with awkward pauses. You know, sometimes you just gotta 
You know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That was really good. That was really yeah. good. Thank you. I mean, sometimes it's just, uh, and uh, it feels better. It feels good. Mm-hmm. It feels yeah. good. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, to be honest, mm-hmm. as I was watching this episode, I was like, there are a lot of people I bet that did not care for this episode uh-huh. or at least did not care for it very much in rewatches. Yeah. You know, especially if you're binging the series or something mm-hmm. because it, it is kind of, you know, it, it could be viewed as almost a filler episode, uh, you know, like there's, there's just a few, there's some things that kind of happen, but really it's like characters, you know, uh, uh, it's, it's largely about a lost wedding ring and a guy who wandered off into the jungle and they're looking for him. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and even I think, uh, especially you know we'll talk about this when we talk about you know all the different scenes but it's it's an episode that's bookended by people kind of looking out at the ocean peacefully and i think that's a really accurate you know kind of mood for what this episode is um it's a lot more calm than a lot of episodes of lost but i think there's so much in it that is so good I love the story it's telling and it really lends itself to that sort of feeling that we were just talking about of, you know, sometimes you just got to pause. Yeah. You know, not, not everything has to be fast paced and crazy, but just let it be a nice calm episode. There's, there's some, some intense moments in it. Sure. But largely a pretty calm, you know, character driven episode. Yeah. Oh, very well put. Yeah, I think that's true. It's uh, um, very centered on Jin, Sun, and for the most part, not really their relationship, kind of the two of them. Mm-hmm. We see where they've come from. And then, you know, how they met. <gasps> so oh, we good. get to see how they meet. Mm, it's so, it, it's crazy. But uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. It's, this is... Uh, this is quite a meditative episode on a lot of things, mm-hmm. questions and just kind of, it's, it's an episode about a lot of themes of life and things we deal with on a regular basis. So, you know, with just questions of, you know, where is this all going? And, you know, will we find what we're looking for mm-hmm. and, and, and found, sorry, I almost started in there too quick. Ooh, don't rush it. Don't no, rush it. Got to have that pause, but uh, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I mean, without further ado, I think we got to jump into this thing. Let's uh, let's just. I think we should just start with Sun, because okay, so there's two two characters in this episode that are the main one, Jin and Sun, as we talked about. I think first let's focus on Sun, and then maybe we'll focus on Jin. Ladies first, am I right? Oh All yeah, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's just let's just explore what's going on with Sun. So first on the island, she she uh, you know she's hanging out with Claire. Everything's going fine, and then uh, she loses her wedding ring. <gasps> what? What? Gasp! I have to say, I feel like I've said things like this already. You know, I mean, this is I I've rewatched this series at many points in my life. This is the first time I'm watching the series 
like since being married yeah and this episode <laughs> i view it way differently now <laughs> <laughs> because that is like my worst fear <laughs> like i i get so paranoid about losing my ring um that you know especially like in a setting like that like on the beach or <laughs> you know like just out in the open like in in uh nature or something it's like if you lose it out there you're it's gone you know and Mm -hmm. so that fear i was like man i i am so much more sympathetic to sun in this episode now well i mean it's compounded by the fact that jin's been gone for four days as she puts it now and she's lost the thing that the one you know representative thing of him that's like Mm -hmm. that's that's him and now he's missing um yeah, I can imagine that would be pretty, pretty rough to be like, oh, now I lost that. I might have lost him. I may have lost him because we found the bottle. Boy, it's a tough spot to be in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a rough four days. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the question then is, and I'm interested to hear your take on it as a married man. How would you respond to losing your wedding ring? Would you respond like Jack? like Hurley or like Locke because we get that's what I love about this episode it's sort of three different perspectives on what Sun has lost here Um, and so the first one we get right away is you know Sun's looking around and Jack comes over he sees someone in dire straits and you know Dr. Jack has to save the day so he comes over says what's wrong finds out she's lost her wedding ring and I love his story that mm-hmm. he tells about how he lost his ring and responds exactly how you know it, it's perfect because that's Jack's character you're like oh yeah that makes total sense he just tore the house apart never told Sarah <laughs> and then went to a jeweler to get a replica made uh, he fixed the problem by <laughs> getting a completely different ring and not t- not telling Sarah um that's that's jack in a nutshell has to fix the problem um make his own ring basically Mm -hmm. i yeah i think as far as the um combing through the trash bags and taking apart plumbing and stuff i feel like that is (laughs) i i don't want to i i would want want to be more like the zen lock figure Mm -hmm. who's just like you know it'll come when you don't look for it but i feel like that's what i would do um a jack uh, like the tearing through stuff but i would i would tell my wife (laughs) sure sure. i would i would be like i need your help to help me comb through this trash Mm -hmm. you go to someone for help yeah that's interesting because i like in the episode that you know son jack tells her this story and then at the end, he kind of goes, he looks down at his hand. He's not married anymore. Mm-hmm. Now it's just rattling around in my sock drawer at home. And he and son kind of look at each other and son's like, it didn't work out well for you, did it? Mm-hmm. And so she rejects his offer for help. And I think it's significant that then she goes to Hurley. Mm-hmm. She, go, she does go to someone for help. And the man she goes to for help is the guy that everyone loves, as we established in last week's episode. Right. Yeah. And and it's, yeah, it's like, it makes sense. 
that she would go to someone else but it is it is kind of an interesting thing to to point out that like jack offers to help but she dismisses him and moves on to someone else um and and moves on to someone who yeah like you said i mean it's like everyone loves hurley (laughs) you know well and i think it's significant we've made this connection before talking about the overall kind of philosophies of this character these characters jacks is the you know the slogan of loss basically it's live together if we can't live together we're going to die alone Mm -hmm. or it's you know it's surviving basically is jack's central he's like i want to help everyone survive hurley on the other hand as we established when he made the golf course and other things throughout the show he's the one that says yeah we got to live together uh, we, we, if we're not, if we don't live together, we're going to die alone, but we have to also enjoy living together or we have mm-hmm. to actually, you know, it's not just enough to survive. You got to thrive. And so I think Sun goes to him because she wants someone to connect with. Jack's not really all about connecting. He's about saving. Um, and so we get these delightful scenes with Hurley, which is, <laughs> it's delightful. I mean, so so is a uh, soul the good Korea or the bad one? I love you, Hurley. I love you all day long. I love I love he's I love his earnest effort to like try and make conversation with whatever he can and just being like, Did you uh you go to the Olympics? <laughs> you know? Yeah. But you know the thing about it is he's trying to connect, and that's the yeah. beauty of it. Hurley's about connecting with people and make and bringing the best out of them. And he's trying to help too in his own way by uh, suggesting that the dog ate it. Um, uh, yeah. His story about Buster crapping the buck 35 and nickels. <laughs> I love that transition. And Buster cracked out a buck 35 and nickels. Uh, did you ever own a dog? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's found another way in it's yeah. another motive. Uh, asking about how stuff's going, you know, it's, <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. From dog turds to connection, the Hurley story. <laughs> his... Only Hurley. Only Hurley. <laughs> That's his autobiography. <laughs> um, but yeah. No, so she finds connection with Hurley, which is really great, but of course it doesn't help her find the ring. She's still searching for it. And then she encounters John Locke after she's torn apart her garden, as you alluded to earlier, um, this conversation is also delightful and uh, very profound. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. It's almost like if you, as you were saying, you know, like we've got kind of different philosophies, like Jack is live together, die alone. mm -hmm. Early is, you know, like we, we're going to live together, but we want to, you know, thrive together and, you know, and actually enjoy life together and then John Locke shows up and is like, what even is life? You know, I mean, he's kind of, he's he's just very much way more the Zen um, kind of philosophical presence showing up here. Um, and I, yeah, I, I really love this scene with Locke. Mm-hmm. Well, Locke's perspective is, um, as he puts it, uh, the only way anything lost gets found is to stop looking. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Jack is you got to grab the universe by the lapel and basically shake what you want out of it. Mm-hmm. Hurley is, um, you know, yeah, well, I'll help you fix it. We'll do it together. Um, 
and uh, we'll have fun doing it. And Locke is stop trying so hard because the universe is good inherently mm. and your destiny will come to you. Um, if you stop looking or stop trying to manufacture uh, your salvation or, or the thing that you want so badly to get, it will happen. Which is an interesting perspective from a guy who I don't know if Locke necessarily lives by his code mm-hmm. that he's talking to son about because as they put it at the beginning of the conversation Locke says I don't uh, get uh, frustrated anymore basically mm-hmm. is the gist of it yeah that guy never gets angry yeah right <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like the son's like I've never seen you angry flashback to um, I believe it was in translation where he screamed at everyone we're not the only people on this island and we all know it oh yeah that's true <laughs> he gets a little angry sometimes i think she's just uh blocked that one out of her memory because it was pretty dramatic for her mm-hmm. yeah the i it's such a fascinating conversation because you know if you just watched this scene yeah. and didn't you know didn't consider uh, any previous lock scenes or any future ones for that matter. Um, this feels like a guy who is, yeah, like a, like a true source of, you know, profound enlightened, you know, wisdom. Yes. <laughs> like he's like, like Buddha or something, you know, and he's even saying things that seem very, you know, uh, uh, Buddhist or, you know, something where it's like, uh, you know, if you just let go, then life will come to you, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, the the thing that makes it so so much more fascinating is the fact that we as the viewer know, like, he, he gets frustrated still, you know, yes. he's still in the struggle of, of faith, you know, he, he may be saying something that is quite profound and has, you know, given him true true experiences of like finding himself or finding some sort of truth along the way but he's still right in the midst of dealing with you know all the struggles of faith you know he hasn't arrived at some sort of enlightenment um destination yet even though he almost kind of presents himself as that uh figure now you know with with the line you know i'm not lost anymore which Mm -hmm. by the way I just wanted the credits to start rolling at that moment, you know. <laughs> there it is. Yep. But yeah, he said the name of the show. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, Locke is Locke thinks he's not lost anymore. I think yeah. That's why he's saying that because you know we've as so far in season two we've seen him go. This is this hatch is destiny. Go down there, <laughs> even when he's presented with all these red flags, like. This doesn't seem like a great place. He's still like, this is it. And uh, mm-hmm. he's still trying to, he's, he's roped Jack into it now. And he's still trying to get Jack to believe that this is good. And he's still lost, but he doesn't think he is because he's gra- he, he It's like, he understands the fundamentals of faith, but he doesn't know what to put his faith in. Mm. is the issue with Locke. he's like he doesn't he doesn't have the right thing to put his faith in yeah and that's the that's the the central 
um, tragedy of John Locke throughout the whole series. Uh, we see it kind of in, in this microcosm here in this scene where it seems like a very joyful and, and, and actually really it is the the moral of this episode Yeah, is, you know, stop looking and you'll find. But he's he hasn't found because I think he's still trying to look in a way because mm-hmm. he's 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 man, he's still manufacturing what he's putting his faith in um, and and putting a benevolent face on what might not it is not necessarily a benevolent god if you will mm-hmm. so, uh, yeah it 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 almost makes me think you know like that that was really well put i feel like as you were talking i was thinking you know that uh, Locke has the title um you know kind of self-appointed um the title of a man of faith um and i i almost wonder if you could summarize kind of the tragedy of john locke as he's he's actually a man of misplaced faith or Mm -hmm. kind of you know wandering faith you know he's he's trying to aim it at the right thing and all the tragedy is that he's always he's always kind of ending up misplacing it or misdirecting it in some way. Uh, even as wise as the sort of faith he's professing can be um, when not pointed at the correct thing ends up in tragedy. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, this is kind of a microcosm of that whole story. But Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. It's a wandering faith. I mean, mm-hmm. he's, we see him put it in multiple different things throughout the series. His father, for one, mm. is, um, yeah, the, throughout the flashbacks, I mean, he has a time where he's with that community in, later in season three, and then he, he ultimately in the island. Um, and we see the, the ramifications of that. And, uh, yeah, so it. I think we're, we're getting bogged down in lock, though. Uh, oh, this yeah. is a stun episode, but no, it is fascinating. I can't wait to talk more about this as we get to more lock episodes. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yep. But anyway, so Sun takes that to heart, though. Uh, I do like the fact that she just decides to, you know, stop getting so wrapped up in the ring. And then when she's sitting there looking out at the ocean and Kate sits down next to her, she says, it's just a thing. It's not him and i think that that all that is a healthy way to look at it it's like it's Mm -hmm. i can get wrapped up in this ring but it's not it's not the what it who it represents it you know gin is more important than that Mm -hmm. yeah in in kind of a similar you know just thinking of like the the misplaced faith kind of conversation you know it she's choosing to direct her concern at Jin instead of the thing that represents Jin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like she's, she's um, choosing not to focus so much on this just object when the person who it represents is, is the thing she should be more, more concerned about, I guess, you know, even mm-hmm. though, yeah, it's just, it's kind of an interesting thing. Like, the reason she's upset about it is because it is her tangible, you know, connection to him right now. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, she's kind of taken what Locke has said to heart and is able to 
at least maybe start like grieving the <laughs> the loss of her ring i guess you know in some way yeah. but yeah and really grieving her husband i mean as kate yeah. tries to console her basically or tries to you know say oh no i'm sure he's fine i'm sick of everyone saying he's all right he's not all right son just wants to needs to let that out because it's kind of it's i look at it almost you know we talked looked at rose last week where she is so sure that bernard's fine um we look at Jin, like look at sun and her certainty that Jin's not all right it's almost a contrast here um mm -hmm. and 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 i don't know if it's you can say that rose is right sun is wrong or sun is right it's just that's this is a different situation and uh, yeah, it just, that's how Sun feels and she lets it out. She authentically just says, he's not all right. I need to just process this and kind of shuts Kate down in that way. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah. 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 It, it definitely feels like it's kind of just at a point where she's like, I just need to, like you said, you know, she's needing to process, you know, the, Especially, you know, the fact that it feels like she uh, she can't even truly, like, grieve or have faith that he's okay because it seems like, uh, you know, factors point towards him not being okay, but it's just a question mark at this point, you know? Um, so, and then to lose the ring on top of that, uh, she just needs to be able to process the things that she has now lost. Um, and so, so she's trying to do that, but everyone's telling her it's, it's all fine, you know? So obviously she needs some time to just be by herself. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. Just kind of process. Mm -hmm. And, uh, she also lets Kate know that, uh, Hey, we found the bottle, uh, which gets Kate's attention. Mm. Um, and we get to learn a little bit more about Kate. So they're going to go find that bottle. Wonder, wonder what's going to happen next with that. Hmm. But maybe we should hold off on that. Hmm. How about we come back to that? Because um, I want to talk about Sun's flashback mm -hmm. first. Because we haven't touched on that yet. Um, I love these flashbacks. It's, it's like, we talked a little bit before the episode. This is like one of the only episodes, one of, one of the few in the series where it's a split flashback mm -hmm. with both char two characters getting kind of their own stories being told. Um, I love how they do it. It's very uh, clever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I love kind of, there are several times when they kind of subvert your expectations, you know, thinking like, Oh, this is, so they're gonna, they're gonna interact or something. And it's like, no, they've got two separate stories, you know? And, and I think that's such a cool, uh, way of storytelling especially for an episode where they are separated on on the island in completely different spots it's it's very clever mm -hmm. very clever so for sun's portion of the flashback we have her um go uh, going out on a date this is crazy and it's not with Jin. don't like that S scandalous <laughs> i think i think this was before they met so yeah, uh, yeah. yeah I'll, I'll give it a pass but you know be careful son um, you're on thin ice you're on thin ice 
But uh, <laughs> I love how it opens with uh, um, Sun's mom basically telling her um, exactly how this is going to go. And it, it almost sort of relates to everyone, you know, when we were just talking about with everyone telling Sun that Jin's all right. Yeah. Almost telling, telling her how to be. And here again, we see Sun sort of entering into sort of a system where she's has to play by these rules. She has to wear a certain shoe because you might be taller than you. Um, Sun's like, well, I'll find my husband when the time is right. Sun's mom is like, You'll, your father says the time is now. And, uh, <laughs> we feel kind of that frustration on her end. Like, really? I have to play this game now? All right. Mm-hmm. Guess I will. Yeah, you could, you could write you know so much like you could write a book about uh just in lost like who is in charge of characters lives because you know like it feels like for son um you know her father mm-hmm. a- until she's on the island um almost you know is is the one who is controlling her life even when he's not in this flashback he has felt you know in like throughout the whole thing, you know, that he's kind of deciding, you know, that this is what she should be doing. Um, and even, you know, what she does with her life, uh, seems to be, uh, yeah, like laid out in the same way that her mom is choosing the shoes that she's going to wear. You know, it's like, she doesn't get to decide it for herself. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I really like the, the line where her mom says, you know, like if you'd been, gotten married in college you know this wouldn't be a problem and she's like i went to college to get a degree (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. and just like the the differing um uh views of just the way she lives you know the the purpose of what she does with her life you know is is just apparent in every line of this scene but Mm -hmm. she wants to be in control of her own destiny is the crux of it she wants to be free Mm-hmm. I think that's a central theme and throughout Sun's, from what we've seen with Sun, you know, the reason yeah. that later on she decides that she wants to leave Jin is that she just feels like she's trapped in this uh, prison that Jin has created for himself, basically, and she has to go along for this ride. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's turning him into a bad person. And uh, she doesn't, she's like, I can't be with a man who's just being destroyed by the system um and so here we see her entering into this system and uh i love the the sense of relief we get when she meets this guy this uh guy who's not Jin. i keep having to reiterate that i don't like this guy he's not Jin. <laughs> named jay this, this non-jin is non-gin guy. Mm. But uh she he's uh, he's so normal. I love how normal he is. Son, <laughs> he's not gin. <sighs> but no, he, he is he is a really nice guy. I mean he seems yeah. legit. The thing about uh, Jay, and we see him throughout there's more episodes with him in there. You know, he's never he never seems like uh I mean he's not maybe he's a bit misguided. As we see, or a bit, bit uh, like as we see 
him kind of leading Sun on here in this episode and then kind of pulling the rug out from under him. But he doesn't do it in a malicious way. He just does it because he thinks she understands that he's playing the game too. He's like, mm-hmm. I'm in the system. You're in the system. We can be free in the system. Uh, so that's kind of a fascinating thing with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it is kind of... It, it's you you understand like from his point of view you can see how he you know doesn't doesn't intend to like lead her on and like the the miscommunication or whatever but um but man it it is such kind of a uh it, it's just played so well when he you know kind of reveals that he's got someone else in mind and like did not intend to be with son mm-hmm. and you know her her disappointment at the end of that is is just played so well like it's it's kind of just a really heartbreaking moment even mm. though he's like we've said it's not Jin, so no. you know it's it's not really a heartbreaking thing for us you know it's what should happen is no, that she I, I, I got up and cheered when this happened like, <laughs> yeah you leave him he's not Jin. yeah yeah he's he's not Jin. but like the the way she plays it with the you know i mean she's got tears in her eyes as she's leaving it like that's mm-hmm. such a good um scene like so so well played from both both actors but um but yeah it is a it is a moment to stand up and cheer that's not Jin. yeah it's not Jin. he's bald Jin has hair yeah point yeah. Jin. anyway i'm getting too bogged down in uh comparing Jin to jay I, I'll, I'll 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 put that aside and uh uh, point to the fact that I, well, another thing I wanted the point I wanted to make about this uh, um, Sun's flashbacks because we also have Jin's flashbacks. What I like about Sun's flashbacks, and I think you can look at this both of these sort of on a if you looked at them on a graph, mm. um, Sun is starting at the top. You know, she's at mm. on the higher class end of it, and at the top, ironically is a cage, you know, she's like, it's like, because the higher you get, the more you're stuck into, into, as far as, you know, this Korean society, it's like, it's the, the more strict it gets about how you can behave and how you can do live your life. And so she's stuck up here. And when she interacts with Jay and she says, I can't believe how normal you are. It's like, she's coming down the graph toward the center of the act, you know, the X axis. Well, the center of the graph and she's finally mm-hmm. getting to that point where she's like ah oh, that's where i want to be just normal just on the x-axis and not up here meanwhile jen and we'll talk about that in a little bit he's down here and what he wants to do is get up to where sun was um so i, I do like that kind of that uh visual of it that's how i've thought about this episode and it's kind of fun mm-hmm. where they're yeah coming that's really cool Uh, yeah i mean i i love i mean like it's it's really apparent you know like the obvious differences in like where they're coming from but i hadn't thought about you know kind of their trajectory throughout the episode and i think that's that's totally true that's a really cool way to put it Mm -hmm. sun is looking for true freedom to get away from this society and jay the freedom he describes is playing within the rules still being up at the top of the act of the graph um, while, you know, really being more toward the normal um, 
but just you know pretending for a while mm -hmm. because just to keep up appearances and that's that's not freedom that's you know virtue signaling basically is what you're doing up there right and sun doesn't want any part of that and that's why she's like no i want to get out of here and go yep and so that's kind of i mean sun leaves her fancy hotel and goes to walk down by the river where all the uh poor people are hanging out and uh <laughs> That's where they are. I, I do yeah. think that's significant that yeah. you know, she is walking down by that river um, just with the, the regular people after she leaves this this fancy hotel because um, that's where she wants to, that's where she feels like I'm free at least. Mm -hmm. I'm not having to deal with all these, all these older women telling me how to behave and this guy who's clearly just stuck in the system. So mm -hmm. that's where we that's where we find her at the end. Yep. Yeah. And for now it's just an ellipsis where mm -hmm. we're, we're waiting until we uh, get a conclusion to that story. Yeah. I wonder if she'll be found. <laughs> well, I guess we're going to find out, you know, everyone's seen this episode already, buddy. I think they, I think they're ahead of us. Well, I don't know. I guess we're going to have to really draw this thing out. Uh, we we got to make some suspense in the show. I tell you, yeah. I think people shouldn't watch these episodes before they listen to this. I think uh, that would be better. And then we can surprise them as we mm -hmm. talk about it. That would be good. Yeah. They should, they shouldn't watch. They should watch the series for the first time um, while listening to this podcast and listen to each episode of this podcast before they watch each episode and they won't be confused even a little bit. Mm -mm. It would take all the drama out of each episode, but you know, <laughs> we could have, we'll, we'll have all the fun. We'll have the, dra the dramatic reveals. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Don't tell Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse we're doing that because uh, they'd be like, Hey, we should get all the drama. <laughs> we're destroying their show. Oh gosh. That's us, Destroying Lost. Maybe that's what the show should be renamed, Destroying Lost. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. No, we're not Destroying Lost. We love Lost. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I think we got to go talk about gin. But before we do, it's about time for us to take a quick commercial break to for all the ads to come out that we always mm -hmm. have in these episodes. So, yeah, 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 yeah. We got to get paid. We got to get some. We got to get that sweet moolah. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we will be right back with more See You in Another Life, Brothers, after this. Welcome back to See You in Another Life, Brothers. And hey, uh, bro, mm -hmm. if you don't mind, I'm going to uh, sing a little song. Okay. Dun, 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 dun. Here's a story about a lovely lady whose name was Sun, and she was... I can't... That, that, that you see, what I'm trying to do is the Brady Bunch, because I feel like that's kind of... Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Here's a uh -huh. story about a guy named Jin who mm -hmm. is on. I didn't, I didn't plan this out beforehand. Hey, hey, listeners out there, if anyone wants to come up with a parody song that uh, puts Jin and Sun into the Brady Bunch, that'd be mm -hmm. awesome. Because that's basically what we're doing here. We're telling Jin Sun's story and then Jin's story and bringing them together. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if, uh, if you put it together, just be sure to, you know, cut Joe into the royalty checks since he yes. came up with the idea. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, I got to get that sweet moolah somehow. So just, yeah, cut me in. Mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah. 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 
But this is basically a lost version of the Brady Bunch, except that they don't have kids. Uh, <laughs> so it's nothing like the Brady Bunch. <laughs> it's just the the same in that there's two stories. Yes. That's yeah. about it. That's that's, <laughs> that's the extent of it. I just I just felt inspired to make that connection. Mm-hmm. And they don't even have Alice. Although, I mean, is Jay Alice? Kind of? Jay, Jay's kind of an Alice. He's yeah. an Alice. He's definitely an Alice. Or a Marsha. <laughs> Because everyone hates Marsha. Yeah, he's, well, Jan does anyway. Yeah, he's he's yeah. You're right. He's a Marsha, definitely. You want to do a Brady Bunch podcast? Oh, you know it. Let's do this. <laughs> All right. Uh, from now on, this is going to be a no. We'll we'll keep doing Lost. We'll do a Brady Bunch podcast later. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. As soon as we've run out of Lost episodes, then just right onto the Brady Bunch. You know, like like most people do. Uh, you know the crossover between um those two series is is definitely a lot yeah there's a clear connection between the two yeah yeah but anyway uh back to um well moving on to Jin because we haven't talked about him at all so far um what's he up to well on the island he's uh hopefully not going to get eaten by the tail (laughs) section people I love that line. I think they're going to eat us. <laughs> Classic Sawyer. Yeah. Yup. Yeah. But uh, yeah, poor Jin. I mean, you got to imagine from his perspective, just sitting there in that, you know, his, and meanwhile, Sawyer and Michael are over here talking and then Michael tries to console him. Like you'll get back to sun. And I don't know what's going on. I'm just along for the ride at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, I, I hadn't thought about it until watching this episode, but, um, and I'm not an actor. I could never do, I'm, you know, th- the thought of trying to, uh, act at the capacity that, especially, you know, on Lost that they do, that is just, you know, they're so, they're so amazing on this series, but, so I don't know how difficult in comparison to regular acting this is, mm-hmm. but Jin, you know, Daniel Day Kim throughout this episode, I just wondered, like, man, he he kind of had to act confused, but then able to interpret certain things, you know, based on key words, but still be, you know, confused enough to be, like, believably not understanding English. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I just felt like that was kind of a subtle um, and really impressive thing (laughs) throughout this episode because they kind of had him really at a place of, he kind of gets certain key words of English at this point. Yeah. But, but like, you know, 95% he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, I, I felt like it was pretty believable um, for, you know, what, what he has learned up until this point, you know, like 40 days or whatever that they've been, um, you know, lost on, on the island. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's been, you know, unable to communicate with anyone but son. Um, and I just thought that was kind of a cool thing to, to notice throughout the episode, but yeah, no, I, I did notice that too. It's like, there was a scene, the scene where, uh, he and Echo are, you know, mm-hmm. looking at the, the boot print from the others and Echo says, they don't leave tracks. And then he walks away and Jin kind of looks over at him like, and I almost thought, oh, is he, yeah, you could tell on his face. He's like, he doesn't really understand what he just said and sort of just kind of going along with them. So he does a great job of, you know, not, not, uh. Yeah, of looking like 
I kind of get it, but I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and not having very many lines, obviously, you know, I mean, because he he can't speak English, like he does such a good job of communicating, you know, the the mood of his character and his concerns and all of that throughout, and I just think that's really really impressive for for how few lines he had it, because he can't communicate with all these people, and uh, he's he's a central character to this episode and really doesn't talk a whole lot which is which is really cool yeah it's mostly his actions and just yeah and it's it is really effective mm-hmm. and there's many instances here as we'll talk about throughout this uh this episode where Jin just uh Jin Jin wins your heart in so oh, many different yeah. ways but uh but going back to um you know where we were in the narrative with you know everyone's the Anna Lucia comes, says, get up, we're going. Um, I do like Sawyer's perspective in this episode um, because it it contrasts so beautifully with uh, Jin's in that uh, Sawyer is so much all about himself and so much all about just uh, surviving, basically, and just... uh, He's just got to... He even points... He even says it point blank at one point he says i gotta look out for me um and uh, that's really his perspective here his his insistence to michael that we got we ought to stage a prison break right away like we got to get away from these people um it's it's sawyer's instinct of just like i gotta separate from ever we it's like every man for himself these people are i i don't really get them Anna Lucia, we're butting heads. Let's just get out of here. Um, and uh, I do like Michael's response where he says, yeah, well, I got to figure out what's going on. I, w- I want to figure out what's going on here before I make any decisions about anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I like <laughs> Michael's sort of Jekyll and Hyde in this episode because <laughs> he's being very rational here. He's like, yeah, let's figure out what's going on before I make jump to any decisions. <laughs> and then he goes and jumps to a decision. Um, yeah. But uh yeah, we see Michael's Michael's weakness there too, which is uh for uh that kid. What was his name? No. Walt. Oh yeah. He doesn't he never he never mentions that kid. I don't I forget what I don't, sometimes I forget what his name is. <laughs> he never talks about his son. My boy. His My boy. boy. <laughs> But I do like uh, their perspectives. And then we need to talk. They, they do a fantastic job with the tail section people of really telling a lot about them without, you know, like spelling it out or actually even telling. Yes. Because, like, this is a different world than what, we're, what we've been used to with these other survivors. They're like, okay, we got to go in pairs. Don't make any noise. Be quick. It's like just it's like it's almost like they're uh, trying to survive with the uh, monster from um the uh um i'm blanking on the name john krasinski movie with where they oh a quiet place quiet place yeah mm-hmm. it's like they're that's, living in the quiet place that's so funny that you mentioned that there's a there's something later on in this episode that reminded me of that movie for a completely different reason so it'll be fun to get there that's super funny nice but yeah it's so they're they're terrified 
And uh, mm-hmm. Michael's like, can you just tell us what's going on here? Of course, uh, can't tell you. We'll have to show you later. But mm-hmm. we'll yeah, no, I love, I love, it's just such a smart and like terrifying way to tell the story of the others because like Mm -hmm. we've gotten so little of actually seeing the others uh on the island up until this point and just delaying us seeing them any further now we're seeing the way they've affected other people and just the fear that they've instilled in in these other survivors and how they've been through so much worse and that's such a cool way to to build the um fear you know mm-hmm. for the audience of like what what is the deal with these others on this island it's i just um that's one thing that i've really thought was so cool in season 2 is how they're building on that fear that they've already established of these kind of shadowy people on the island now we've seen uh how they've affected other people and it's Mm -hmm. way worse than we've already seen, you know, like their numbers are so much fewer because they've been apparently dwindled down because of these other people. We don't know why, but um, yeah, it's just, just such a cool way to, to build that kind of uh, boogeyman kind of uh, scary figure. Mm-hmm. It's like that Shakespearean principle of talk about a character before you introduce them, have other mm-hmm. characters, or like Jaws with, you know, don't see the shark. And they do it, you know, they play the, that principle really well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. By just giving us a little, little taste, like, okay, these people are, they're, they're something, they're a force to be reckoned with, clearly. And, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, we've already got that idea with Ethan, but now boy they've been terrorizing these people for 48 days or whatever crazy yeah but um so we have to talk about this next scene with Jin and uh Anna Lucia and Bernard and they go on a little fishing trip and <laughs> this is just Jin is a boss Jin's a boss man <laughs> I mean what, what else can we say it's just like they're over here with their net, like, buh, 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 and Jin's just throwing stuff in the water, like, I got this, I got this. And then he just pulls out all them fish and says, fish, walks away, drops the mic. That man, that man can fish. That moment is so satisfying yes. when he's just, he's just sitting there and they're, they're like, all right, are you going to help us or what? And he just grabs like, 10 fish whatever you know it's ridiculous he just pulls them right out and he's like fish mm-hmm. like come on he's the coolest character mm-hmm. and i i don't i did want to you know as i was thinking about this scene the one connection you know it, it's it's just a fun scene but the, the one connection i made is with this and the flashback when jen's at the job interview mm. with the horrible boss that we'll talk about oh yes. uh worst boss in the world um and he basically he insults him by saying i thought i smelled fish on you mm-hmm. so it's like this is Jin's superpower and he's he's being insulted for it just just another you know it's like oh come on this man knows how to fish and that's a great gift and uh, it's just it's horrible the things Jin has to endure 
um, from just cruel people. So mm-hmm. just making yep. that connection there. Yeah. Yep. So uh, moving on with the uh, island narrative here, I, we need to touch on the inciting incident, which is Michael and Libby's conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the line that stuck out to me here is when Libby apologizes for, you know, putting he and his friends in the pit and Michael goes, mm-hmm. friends? I guess I've never thought of them like that. I guess one of them is my friend. I, 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 the only thing I want to say about this line is it, it once again touches on how Michael isolates himself mm-hmm. or he, he, you know, he, he's all about just getting, you know, finding his son and not letting other people around him in, even though you know, at the end of this episode, he kind of, he does relent, but still, I think that's the central problem for Michael. He's like, he's too, too isolated. Mm-hmm. And we see that in that line, it's revealed there. Mm-hmm. And it, it's kind of a subtle thing, but uh, in the, I don't know if it was the previous episode now, or, you know, an episode or two ago, um, but, uh, I think it was last episode, mm-hmm. um, when, uh, they leave Sawyer in the pit, mm-hmm. um, and they, and then Mr. Echo says to, you know, like come out and everything. He's like, I'm not coming out until I know that my friends are okay. And mm-hmm. Michael's like, oh, so now we're your, we're your friends now or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost kind of a cool, like subtle uh, comparison you know just going off of those two little moments that even Sawyer is a little bit more attached to the other people with him than Michael is at this point yeah. you know like he he says he calls them his friends and then Michael here is like I guess I haven't even thought of him that way I guess one of them's my friend and it's obviously <laughs> you know he's thinking about Jin mm-hmm. um, so even even there, you know, he's he's isolating himself even beyond Sawyer, who is like, you know, Mr. Isolated in season one, yeah. um, which is just kind of goes to prove your point, I guess, you know. Mm-hmm. And I like the line, I guess one of them's my friend. Yeah, you're, he is speaking of Jin. Mm-hmm. And just his sort of like, yeah, I guess Jin's my friend. <laughs> and then cut to Jin running into danger to find Michael at the end of the episode. Exactly. Jin cares about Michael quite a bit. So clearly Michael has people around him that care about him, but he's just so attached to trying to find Walt that he's going to just run off into the jungle on his own as he does. Yep. Um, And then, so Michael's gone. Meanwhile, Sawyer gets to uh, meet Mr. Echo, which is fun. Those two talk about an odd couple. Uh, but <laughs> the only thing I want to say about this is uh, I love Mr. Echo. What's that like, Mr. Ed? Mr. Ed? <laughs> uh, classic Sawyer. It is kind of a classic. I mean, just like he just straight up, you know, I am Mr. Echo. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's such a such an interesting name and I love it. I love just the introduction to him in this episode is so cool. He's such a good character. Absolutely. Mr. Echo. Yeah, they do a fantastic job of I mean, it's a while before we get an Echo flashback episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 23rd Psalm, which is a 
little ways away still. But by the time you get there, you're like, I love Mr. Echo. Yeah. And here we, we see that he is a good man in that he's, you know, when they come back and they find out Michael's gone and Jim wants to go after him, Echo's like, I'm going to go help him find his friend. Um, mm-hmm. Even though, you know, he thinks it's a bad idea. He can't let Gene go on his own. And uh, therein lies the virtue of Mr. Echo, even though, as we find out, he is a bit flawed as well. Mm-hmm. Aren't we all? But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, really good introduction to him. Mm-hmm. I I was a little bit struck in this episode that I feel like Mr. Echo in some ways is kind of the tail sections version of Locke yeah. um, because he's, you know, the, the man of faith who, um, you know, is also kind of, you know, he's good and bad in different ways. You know, he's, he's got his own flaws, but he's, he's got a lot of wisdom too, yes. you know, and seems to be more uh, aware of what's actually going on on the Island in a lot of ways. Um, and the scene that really kind of made me think that was when he chooses to go with Jin, you know, like he's going to help Jin. I was like, I feel like that's what Locke would do in this situation. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was just kind of interesting to see kind of the parallels between those characters in this episode. Um, and I know that will be kind of an interesting thing going into, you know, many later episodes, but, um, I just never really thought of the similarities in those characters before. And it's, it's just kind of a cool introduction to him to consider he's kind of like their lock in some ways. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah. And we'll get into it in the other 48 days. And I can't wait to talk about the scene mm-hmm. with he, cause it, it is kind of, this is their version of Locke, and Anna Lucia is their version of Jack. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get to see their relationship, and it's different than Locke and Jack. Yeah. Um, and it's for a very specific scene when we come to it. Yeah. But Echo, yeah, Echo is similar to Locke. He's not, he's not, I'd say he's less lost than mm. Echo. That's what I put, where I'd put him, because he's not necessarily married to this island like you're saying he's he he understands that there's something going on here and he's very attentive to it he's paying attention mm-hmm. um and he's wise in that way but he's not uh not going to make any selfish moves in the name of the island or anything right like, like lockwood but yeah i i do agree that yeah it seems like a very wise lock type character that we're meeting here Mm-hmm. Can't wait to get to know him more. Definitely. But uh, meanwhile, they uh, find out that they have a radio, and Sawyer says one of the dumbest lines in the <laughs> in season. It's it's a nominee for early. Maybe we should have a award at the end of the season. Dumbest lines of the of the season. Yeah. You have a radio? Does it work? Can we use it? Can you use it? <laughs> wow! Great idea. Sawyer, you're better than that. What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? I love I love Anna Lucia's response. Gee, we hadn't thought of that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, great comeback, Anna. And uh, what I do also love about this episode, there's a lot of different characters we're getting little glimpses of. Um, Anna Lucia is one. 
And actually it's a combination of almost Anna Lucia and Libby um, because we, I skipped over it, but in the scene with her and Michael, she mentions that they have trust issues, mm. and, which is a big issue. And it really stems from their leader because we see it here with Anna Lucia where she's like, we have to go now. We're, and it's kind of almost a line that you could gloss over. She says, we're leaving before he tells them where we are. Mm-hmm. Like Michael's going to double cross us right away when he finds the others. Uh, we can't trust him at all. So we're getting out of here. She, she trusts no one. Um, and that's a great introduction to Anna Lucia and kind of the flaw of her character when we'll get to know her more later. But uh, yeah, revealing line. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's like, when we get to the other 48 days, it's like, yeah, it, it makes sense that she would, you know, in some ways she's become hardened to, mm-hmm. um, you know, wanting to help other people. It's more like, no, we need to do what we, we need to do to survive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can understand it. Definitely. But I think it was it, even before the Island, it was kind of rooted in her character, but right. Um, yeah. We see it definitely coming out there. Um, but we're, once again, <laughs> I feel like this is a Jin and Sun episode and we're getting away from Jin. Back yeah. to Jin. Um, when Michael leaves, Jin springs into action right away. He's like, we got to go find Jin because of Walt. I love, I love the scene when he's trying to, you know, talk some sense into Sawyer with the one word he can use, Walt. Mm-hmm. And Sawyer says, Sawyer shuts him down. Mike's got to worry about Mike. I've got to worry about me. Jin says, no, I've got to go. I have to go help him. I cannot leave him behind because that's just who Jin is. That's who he truly is at his core. He is loyal. And uh, yeah, it speaks volumes about him. And uh, I I love when he and Eka (laughs) literally bump heads um, because it's just like, that's how much Jin cares. It's a great, great moment. Mm-hmm. And it is kind of, you know, it's interesting to think about, you know, like, yeah, he's, uh, they've arrived back on the island, you know, not what they wanted, but um, they're here. Like, you know, I mean, he could easily just be like, all right, I'm just going to try and stay safe until I can get back to sun. Yeah. Um, But he knows that Michael is in true danger right now. Um, and he's willing to venture off into the jungle on his own to try and save Michael, you know, to, to save his friend, Mm -hmm. Uh, a guy who, you know, he's not had the best past with. (laughs) Um, and that's, yeah, that just shows his character. Like you were saying, like, it's a very kind of noble thing to do to risk himself to try and save his friend. Mm -hmm. He's not willing to, yeah reject who he truly is just to stay safe right and that's a noble thing so jen and echo go off on their excursion and uh it's not too long before jen stumbles on something uh unsettling (laughs) to say the least hey it's goodwin that guy haven't met him yet i wonder if we will eventually (laughs) and i i love how 
you know, it's, it's a gruesome, you know, just like, oh gosh, you know, there's a dead body here. <laughs> like mm-hmm. Jin's like, have you seen this? You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I love how he just points at it. Others. And, uh, and Mr. Echo is just like, yes, you know, like, and there's no, there's no need to explain further. Just mm-hmm. this is, this is because of the others. And that's just, sends shivers down your spine you know Mm -hmm. yep and setting up future episodes really well and yes uh, yeah once again yeah setting them up is this otherworldly force that uh boy how these people are crazy yes yeah but uh after that we get echo and Jin talking um echo asks him about it about sun and we get that going and not not a whole whole lot to talk about here except for the little detail and you probably caught it too where Jin he asks Jin if he's married and Jin says you and Echo Mm -hmm. says was I just I like the detail that Mr. Echo was married Uh uh-huh and it, it makes me think and it makes me kind of mourn because it's like I I have a feeling they had more to do with Mr. Echo yeah. Um, and it just didn't work out with the actor and just everything that had, they had to get rid of him eventually there season three. But uh, it makes me think, oh, what would a echo flashback episode have been like with his wife? And just what would that have added to who that guy is? Mm-hmm. Uh, if only, but uh, it's an interesting detail that they just drop in there. Um, that yeah. I feeling I, they were going to do more with. Yeah. I was like, like, wait, did I mishear him? Like, that was, it was a weird detail because I'd never noticed it, you know? I was like, wait, what? Oh, okay. Interesting, you know? Yeah. And you wonder, when did he get married? Because he basically was a kid and then he became a drug lord and uh, in the right. middle of there. So, who knows? Maybe that's a just a thing they never meant to go in any further or maybe they were planning on it, but it's kind of a little detail there. Yeah. Um... And then after that, they uh, finally have an encounter with those creepy people who don't leave tracks. Those crazy dudes, the others. <laughs> this scene is creepy. <clears throat> I, yeah, the way they film this whole thing is so cool. Yeah. Like the just the moment of them out in the jungle, Echo hears something. There's like this big, you know, 360 shot around him as he's like trying to figure out what's what to do. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly they're in the bush, you know, like mm-hmm. you just see their eyes and that the shot of the feet like walking through is just so perfectly haunting and the music, like all of that, it's just one of those perfect scenes, I feel mm-hmm. like, of Lost. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a lot of scenes where just everything aligns. And this is, uh, especially the camera work, I feel like, is so, so perfect for just being utterly creepy and really memorable. Yeah. And the teddy bear at the end. Yes, it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it's so scary. A bunch of people with bare feet, and then one that's clearly a kid towing along a teddy bear, um, which that that's probably the kid that we eventually that we meet coming up here. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I can't imagine being Mr. Echo and watching if that is the kid. Yeah. He's like, he's just walking by and you're going, that's him. That was the kid that that's just got to mess with your brain. Oh yeah. It's like, why are you, why are That's one, one thing about lost. I've always wondered about those people, the people that they took that the others take. And then they're just there. And we see them eventually in season three, you know, what must that have been like? We never yeah. find out, but it's like they're brainwashed or something to just be with the others. Although at the same time, it's kind of better than being, you know, strength, being on a, on an Island with just eating boar and stuff. So mm-hmm. maybe you'd be like, okay, if they want to feed us and keep us here. That's fine. Right. Who knows? But, that's, that's one of the things that in the rewatch, I'm like, man, I'm trying to, I kind of remember, you know, the, the, the things that we get with those characters later on, but I'm excited to like, you know, th- those are the mysteries of the series that I don't remember all of the resolutions as well too. So it's kind of fun to be like, like, yeah, what, what was that like for all of them? And mm-hmm. especially in a scene like this, the introduction to that storyline is, oof, man, that's yeah. Especially for echo. That's gotta be kind of a, um, that that has to mess you up a little bit <laughs> emotionally and mentally. See, seeing the kid walk by, yeah. If that was the kid, who knows? Maybe right. it wasn't. But right, yeah. So that happened. <laughs> it's like Echo gets up and looks at Jin and goes, "Well, that just happened." <laughs> I want to see the outtake. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy times, am I right? You know, <laughs> they just walk away. Yeah, but. uh and I love that once again, we get that theme again where Jin says, you go back, I go. Echo's like, nope, I'm sticking with you, dude. We're in this together. Um, loyal Mr. Echo. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they're going off, still trying to find Michael. We do get an interlude with uh, Sawyer and Anna Lucia. Uh, I don't know if you had anything with the, the two of them just... I don't know if there's a ton to talk about necessarily. It's just like a perfect uh, sparring match between those two types of characters. It's fireworks and it's just fun to watch mm-hmm. um, and go back and forth. I mean, the line you married too bad, you seem suited for it. And then you gay just. Yeah. <laughs> delightful repartee going on there. I just, I liked the fact that, yeah, I, I just love their kind of banter and their setting they're setting them up to be kind of characters that interact for a while and everything. But Mm -hmm. I, one thing that I just thought was further, you know, kind of telling of who Anna Lucia is when, when Sawyer stops and is obviously, you know, not doing well health wise, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, um, uh, when she's like, you know, if we can't keep slowing down for you, you know, we're going to have to leave you behind or something. And he's like, you know, then leave me behind. And she's like, okay. And I feel like she was being truthful in that yeah. moment. You know, she wasn't bluffing like she was ready to just leave. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, just the, the point blank kind of like, okay, you're on your own. The way, the way she's just willing to part with him um, and just leave this wounded guy in the jungle. Um, you know, just another instance of, uh, yeah, that's that's what they've been through, and and also kind of what her character is, you know, kind of su- just needs to survive, just keep moving forward. Um, I just thought that was kind of a 
a telling moment and, and an interesting one. Mm-hmm. I think it also has to do with her. She's been around sleazy guys like that in the past where she yeah. just has no time for him. She's like, I, I know who you are. I'm, I just don't have time for that. Nobody got time for that. Yeah. And she just got to go. So, more with Anna Lucia and Sawyer later. <laughs> for now, Jin uh, at just taking a drink, not really looking for Michael, mind you. He stopped looking for Michael for a second. Hmm. Huh. Huh. And then there he is. It's kind of weird. It's almost like what Locke was saying, interestingly enough. But uh, Michael shows up, tells Jin to go back, and once again, Jin is like, nope, I'm coming after you. I'm keeping it, keeping it going. Even as Michael ups the count, if you will. <laughs> More Walt shouts. Did you, did you add those to your total? Oh, shoot. I, I missed it. Oh, my gosh. I can't uh, believe I didn't. Okay. I'm going to have to go back and count them. Yeah, definitely get these because he says it a good three or four, maybe five times mm-hmm. here. So, yeah, we got to get those added to the count. But, definitely. Uh, yeah. So, shouting next to a waterfall. Was this was this the uh, quiet place? Yes, this was the, the <laughs> quiet place. <laughs> because I just found it so funny because the whole, like, there's in a quiet place like there's one scene where characters really talk and it's by a waterfall because that's where it's safe to make noise and so (laughs) michael goes to the waterfall and is shouting to try and be heard and it's like the worst place to do that Mm -hmm. and i just thought that was just kind of a funny you know it just reminded me of of that kind of uh idea from a quiet place that they could they could be safe by the waterfall because people wouldn't hear them and Michael is standing by the waterfall like, come get me. <laughs> and I don't know why. That was just kind of a funny moment. That is funny. It's like the one place he couldn't be heard. Yeah. He's, he's shouting. It's, I was like, that's how just... He, he's he's just running off into the jungle. Just completely doesn't know where he's going. Mm. Doesn't know what he's doing. He's just lost, if you will. And mm. uh, yeah, that's how he's it. It's kind of apt that he, or, uh, that he shouts at a waterfall. Yeah, but Echo shows up and tries to talk some sense to him, sense into him by saying, "I know they took your son, but you have no idea what these people are capable of. They will be not be found if they don't want to be." And uh, I think it's it's interesting that I don't think this line convinces michael because he's still going they took him right out of my hand he's still holding tightly onto that stick he's holding mm-hmm. right he's like your logic does nothing for me because they took him and I, I just need to go get him back but what does do it i think is when Jin, and this is i think just a, a tremendous like we're, we're talking about Jin acting his his limited ability because he can't you know limited language and everything his broken english um, statement to michael is just so effective to me every time i watch it i'm like that's just and i think i don't think i really understood what it meant Mm. until like most recent viewings here where he says 
you find Walt, Michael. It's like, I always thought, that seems like a weird line, but I, I, I sense the emotion. I understand the moment. He's like, I care about you. Mm-hmm. But what I feel like it means here, and as it relates to what we'll talk about in Jin's flashback, Jin is reflecting on how he, you know, he, he, he was lost and then he found Sun. Mm. He's almost like putting his hand on Michael's shoulder and saying, you will find Michael. You will find Walt. Mm-hmm. And we'll do it together. We'll find him. Not this way, but we'll find him. Yeah. That's what I'm seeing with that line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and I think, yeah, with his limited English, um, he's able to, he's able to form, form the words, you know, you find Walt, Michael, but I, I think the, the human contact of like him putting his hand on his shoulder too, is what is really, um, you know, the, the other part of that sentence that he couldn't express is that, you know, like, we will help you um, mm-hmm. do it. Uh, and yeah, it's a really, really cool moment because it's, you know, once again, I feel like so many episodes are, you know, things go bad when characters wander off on their own. Yeah. Um, but when they're able to help each other, um, then that's, that's when the good things start to happen. Uh, and so Jin saying you know like we're we're in this together is is the solution that michael needed to hear at that yeah. point um and that's what what ultimately you know allows him to come back yeah it's a great moment and it's uh you know once again where michael is getting all these messages like dude don't you need other people and he's finally you know he relents but i don't think he fully gets it um, and uh, we'll see that he doesn't really fully get it in future episodes, but it's a nice moment here and we'll take it. We'll take what we can get. Yeah. We'll take it. Yeah. Take it. So that's uh, really Jin on the Island. Uh, we have one more part of this episode to talk about Jin's side of the flashback. Um, mm-hmm. but I think we need to take a quick break before we do that. Sound good. Let's do it. All right, we will be right back with more See You in Another Life Brothers after this. Welcome back to See You in Another Life Brothers. And uh, Jin, this guy, love this guy. You know, I'm going to go out of limb and say that uh, I love Jin. Yeah. I, uh, I'm i right out on that limb with you. You know, I, I, <laughs> I love... I, this is such a good flashback episode for Jin too. I mean, it's just truly like, like how can you not like this guy? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we get it right at the beginning of the flashback with him having his conversation with his friend, mm-hmm. um, and uh, the the friend keeps saying that uh, telling you, man, love's gonna find you this year, um, and uh, and uh, Jin really has no time for it. And he's saying, I can't take care of a woman. I can barely take care of myself. Um, I've got to be responsible. I've got to be, you know, a man needs to have a goal in life. He works harder than anyone. He gets promoted. Then he'll be respected. Not like the son of a fisherman. And 
there, therein lies the flaw of Jin. He, he, he is noble in his pursuit. He's pursuing and he's working hard and he's, he's got great character and everything. But I think that's, you know, he's, he's going for something that he thinks is going to be his salvation in that getting a job and being respected. Uh, not necessarily the case as we find out in this, these flashbacks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, he's pursuing things and he, you know, he's, you can tell he's like really, he's a hard worker, you know, he's, he's gotten himself this, this interview and all that stuff. But, but yeah, it does feel like he's doing it from a place of, uh, yeah, this is, this is my salvation, like you were saying. And, um, almost from a place of shame too you know which we've seen in in translation um you know he he was ashamed of of his father you know and and the place that he came from and so we kind of see him at a different time you know when he is kind of motivated by that shame to um need he needs to work his way up and be be found to be respectable uh and and noble and all of that Mm -hmm. He thinks he has to make his way up the the graph, like I was talking about before, yeah. to that that pinnacle where sun is. Little does he know, at the top of that graph is a prison that sun mm -hmm. has discovered. So he's kind of misguided in that way. Um, but I do like the, the the other aspect of this scene um, where the, the friend says, um, "You could always let a woman take care of you." And he says, no, that's not what a man does. A man needs to have a goal in life. He works harder than anyone. He gets promoted. Then he'll be respected, not like the son of a fisherman. You know, I like the fact that he says, you could always let a woman take care of you. And then Jin says, that's not what a man does. And you could almost say, you, you expect the next line to be, a man takes care of a woman. You know, yeah. a man provides for her and everything. But then he says, a man has to have a goal in life. He works harder than anyone. He gets promoted. Then he'll be respected. Doesn't even mention a woman after that. He just thinks that's going to satisfy. Um, so I, I do like that. He's, he's like, I, it's, uh, he's right that a man, you know, has a goal in life and provide and everything, but he's just forgotten about the woman <laughs> part mm -hmm. of it there. Yeah. Part of the equation yeah that is true it is kind of like he's kind of at a place where, where he's like you know what do i need a woman for <laughs> almost you know like like that that whole side of it you know like he's he's only focused on what do i need to do to get ahead uh to get to the top of of the graph like you're talking about you know like what do i need someone else in my life for um and yeah it's kind of going into the philosophy of the episode, you know, he's not looking for that. Um, and yeah, that's kind of a cool aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's, um, he also, you know, he feels like he has to be, you know, his friend is coming out from perspective, like a woman would love to take care of you, Jen. They'd love to um, love you because, you know, Jin is a, a man of great character, but he feels like he has to earn any, you know, respect or love or admiration. Jin's like, that's all what it's all about. I have to earn it. 
um, it doesn't work the other way. Mm-hmm. When his friend does have a point, you know, in saying that, hey, you know, you a woman would want to love you even though you are a son of a fisherman, which we find out is true because son does. <laughs> but I just like that Jin can't quite put those together in his view of how the world works. Mm-hmm. Yep. And finally, with the scene, the other detail, the uh, destiny book. Uh, I like the line that, you know, love will look orange. Uh, <laughs> and it, it's bringing in that little, that twinge of destiny. A great theme in Lost. Uh, we've explored it already, and Jin is kind of scoffing at destiny at the beginning of the episode here. Um, and uh, it, it, it's not really... I, I do like how at the end of the episode before running into a certain someone he does see the woman in the orange dress and he looks back almost like huh maybe there is something to destiny (laughs) it's like that's the character development we've seen throughout here where he at first he's like i'm gonna earn my way up and then when he gets to the top he's he's or not to the top but he gets to a place and it's like no this wasn't all it was cracked up to be Maybe Destiny's better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I love the introduction of the kind of, you know, love will find you, you know, and and uh, it, it's your destiny. This is this is the year, you know, and um, and I love just the one of my favorite line deliveries is the way, um, you know, his his friend says, you know, love will look orange, and or he just says orange, and uh, my favorite line delivery is gin just orange you know like <laughs> the mm. way he kind of like laughs at him and says it yeah I, I just, it's so perfect for setting up he's like and by the end of the scene you know he says what what should i do if love calls or whatever and he says tell it to wait um it's just a perfect uh way to show gin is focused on working his way up the ladder right now he's not interested at all in you know, finding, finding a soulmate or anything like that. He, he scoffs at that idea at this point. Yeah. He says, it's a very important job interview. Put love on hold. This job interview is what it's all about. And, uh, is it? Uh, Yeah. But, uh, I do like one other thing. This scene is great. I mean, as we've gone on here, but the one other thing, the the connection between this scene and the, the opening scene of son's, flashback where her mother tells her that her father says to now is the time uh oh yeah jin's friend is saying the destiny book says now is the time and son's mother is saying your father says now it's the time um two outside forces uh one is an outside force the 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 destiny is sort of the them looking up and going oh maybe Maybe now is the time and destiny is benevolent. And then sun has reached the top and what's at the top is a a malevolent force, her Mm. father, who's just controlling her life basically. And that's, you know, we see kind of a contrast there. I just like to point that out as I noticed Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Well, and also it's cool. You know, I, I'd almost forgotten like the, in these two scenes as they're, kind of paired together the flashbacks 
Um, I love the the way it kind of subverts your expectations because she's going on a date mm. and then you see Jin getting dressed up. Oh, yeah. And I love how it's like, oh, wow, we get to see them go on their first date. Mm-hmm. And then you realize, oh, no, he's getting ready for a job interview. <laughs> mm-hmm. And just kind of the the way it's like, oh, wait, these are these are separate stories. Okay. That's kind of weird, you know, and I, I just think that was a really clever uh, introduction to, to this episode. Yeah, I never thought about that. That is very clever. That Yeah, it's a cool sort of bait and switch. If you're watching this for the first time, you're like, oh, okay, this is what we're going to, oh, hmm, where are they going with this? Yeah. They take you along for the ride. And the ride has its peaks and it has its valleys. And one of those valleys is this job interview. <clears throat> Although he does get the job, but uh, can we just uh, have a moment here and just say, this boss is a big, dummy, mean head. (laughs) Okay, Jin has the worst luck with bosses. Can we agree? That is true. (laughs) He he has terrible bosses. I mean, come on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just as I put it in my notes... I said, Jin is willing to work for the worst people to be, quote unquote, respected. Yeah. <laughs> He's willing to go. It, it, and it's one of those where it's almost like with Michael or with a lot of these characters with lockdown in the hatch with all these red flags around him. Jin is thinking respect is his destiny and it's going to be great when he's respected. But the people he has to endure to be respected is like, is this really great is this really all it's cracked up to be jim yeah uh, i think it it's clear that uh not really yeah. yeah yep he's uh he's he he's applying for this job and like all the red flags are there but because he gets the job it feels like a victory which yeah is is pretty twisted mm-hmm. but the one caveat uh with do not open the door for people like you that yeah. line. Um, I love that that's the trip up point for Jen because it, it's similar to how he, he, st- he has to go after Michael, even if it's, you know, at the expense of his, you know, security, he has this great job now. And on, on the Island, if he goes after Michael, he might get eaten by the others. Um, here he says, you know, I can't not, help these people just to keep my comfort. Basically. He says, um, I have to open the door and help them. And, uh, that's his downfall. We see in both of those. So it's a, it's a noble thing. Like mm-hmm. the, the guy says, when he help, lets him go in, thank you, sir. You're a good man. Yeah. Very, very nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he has to choose between, being a good man like in whose eyes are you mm-hmm. a good man you know um and you know here here in the beginning with the interview and stuff it's like uh well i can still be the view of of a righteous person that that i had coming into this you know it's the guy who has the job who works his way up mm-hmm. um but there yeah it's being a decent human being <laughs> sure yeah, it's. Uh, I do. There's the other scene in this where he 
um, where Jay comes and, you know, he gives him the, his lapel, his flower, because he, he, he needs that. And uh, then he says, thank you, Mr. Kwan, and makes Jin, you can tell that that makes Jin feel so good because now this is, this is what it's like. This is what it means to be respected. But really, what did he just do? He just gave this guy who could buy and sell him five times over, whatever, a flower, who's playing within the system as we find. It's, it's kind of ironic. It's like, he's like, I gave this guy a flower, this guy who's going to open my, my gateway to free, to greater happiness. And this guy himself, he's not all that happy. He's stuck in a system, even though he's, he's going to break free of it eventually, but he has to play by those rules now. Um, I just like that irony there. Where it's like, um, clearly this isn't a path to greater happiness, Jen, um, because that guy's not all that happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, it is interesting. Like Jin has to really work his way up just to get this job, you know, opening the door for a guy who, um, whose father owns this hotel and 12 others, you know, and like the contrast between these two guys, as far as the world looks at them, you know, uh, with, uh, you know, as far as money goes and, and status and everything, it's like they couldn't be more far, far apart. And that guy, yeah, who <laughs> who is impossibly rich, um, asks him for the flower on his own, off of his own shirt. And that makes Jin feel proud. And yeah, it's kind of a kind of a sad, sad place to be in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but he, you know, in his own mind at that point, yeah, he's working working his way up the graph, which is towards um, the thing that will give him happiness, it, he thinks. Mm-hmm. It won't, yeah. 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 So that's, uh, so he, Jin has a little victory there in that he doesn't sell himself out completely to, you know, get ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish that, I <laughs> wish we could say that that's how it continues, but mm-hmm. for a moment it does. Um yeah well and i i love just kind of the moment where where he does you know um with he gets in trouble with his boss letting the people in Mm -hmm. um and you know he he uh basically it's the the last straw for him you know him telling him he has to go in and find those people and and remove them basically i love that Jin takes off his gloves and his hat and says like, thank you for the opportunity mm. and leaves. Like, I love that he's incredibly mad as he should be, but he doesn't like punch the guy or something. Yeah. Instead, he says, thank you for the opportunity and just bolts. And I, I just feel like that's like such a true gin moment right there. Mm-hmm. Yep. He can't not be himself. Yeah. And that's cool. So we've reached kind of the uh, climax of this episode. And I love how this episode, it has like all these things we've been talking about here, they kind of converge into just a great uh, conglomeration of climaxes um, Mm -hmm. where in 
so as we talked about on the island with Jin, his his great victory is that you know he gets Michael to come back by connecting with him. He finds him mm-hmm. while not looking for him, gets him to connect. Um, with Sun, going back to her as we left the cliffhanger before, she and Kate look at the get the bottle, um, and uh, we. Kate can't help herself. Needs to look at all these private uh, messages to try to find Sawyer's. Oh, they like each other. Aww. Aww. Right? That's so sweet. But I do like the fact that, you know, Kate Kate's looking through those. And Sun, you know, she's been so focused on Jin and everything. Suddenly she stops focusing on that for a moment. Mm-hmm. To stop Kate and say... Hey, you can't do that. That's not right. You can't look at people in other. It's private, Kate. And in a moment of just completely forgetting about what's going on, she stops looking. And then there's the ring, right mm-hmm. there in the. It's just there's something to that where it's like just let go. It's a big thing on Lost, and then you find is Locke. Yeah. Locke was right. Uh, even though he's not totally right, but he's right about this. That's <laughs> uh, a cool moment. Mm-hmm. And there's something kind of cool too about, yeah, like she she stops looking. And I like the fact that um, someone else notices the ring first sure. and points it out to her. Just kind of the, you know, another central theme of loss that, you know, like, they have to do it together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Kate being there to point out the ring um, is also what leads to her being able to find it again. Yep. Um, just kind of a cool il- little illustration of almost, you know, the whole series that these people are lost and they need each other to be found, you know, um, just in, in that little moment of, the thing that she lost being found, she needed someone else. Uh, and she needed to stop looking apparently, mm-hmm. which is just kind of a cool theme throughout the episode. Yep. And then it ties perfectly into, in the flashback. Yes. When they bump into each other there at the end, the, the, the way I look at, looked at this and I had the epiphany the other night as I was just kind of thinking about this episode going it's almost sort of a microcosm of i think what i would turn what, what i what i would call almost the good news of lost mm. or something that i've been kind of mulling over in my it's you got sun on one hand she's been looking for freedom she's been looking to get out of this you know the the shackles that society has been putting her in to, to find her destiny to find you know, something beyond this cruel game that she's been in. Um, And so she's looking to almost go down that chart and go down to where Jin was, where he's outside that system. Mm. He's not happy down there either. He's looking to go, he's looking to build for himself. He's looking to create his own destiny. Sun is looking to find her destiny. And so it's, oh, she's looking outside and saying, what, what, what can, 
you know, what can I find? And she thinks she finds it in Jay, but she doesn't. Jin is looking within and saying, I've got to work my way up. I've got to grit my teeth, kind of almost like a Jack thing and go up. Mm. And so these two perspectives are almost, they're looking sort of past, you know, they're looking down the, sun's looking down the graph. Jin is looking up the graph. And then all of a sudden they hit right in the middle of the x-axis. <laughs> it's like, there they are. And that is the, that is the moral of it. It's like, you think your salvation, one, one thinks their salvation will come down here. The other thinks that salvation will come up here. And it, it is not in either of those places. It's together. And that's the beauty. That's, that's the, the central sort of good news of lost. It's in each other. That's where the, the show, that's the central hope of being together. Mm. And so that's kind of the cool thing. It's like, that's, and they beautifully do it in this episode by just suddenly they collide mm-hmm. and it's beautiful. It, yeah. I think that's, that's a really cool way to see it. Like it's almost like another way of viewing it is if, if there were two people um, starting in completely different places mm-hmm. um, and they're both looking toward the horizon, you know, for, for the thing that will fulfill them almost, you know, yeah. um, and they keep walking towards it and they're only focused on the horizon that they don't notice that they're about to run into each other. And then they do, you know, like they're, they think that they're trying to find, um, uh, what they're trying to find is, is outside like that distant thing or even internally, you know, like that, uh, that inescapable thing. Um, but the, they don't realize that, um, that the, the person that they are meant to be with or, or the thing that, uh, is truly going to be good for them, uh, is coming right for them. Uh, they're, they're kind of colliding, uh, in that. Um, I don't know. I think that's a really, just the, the fact that they bump into each other at the end is just such a perfect, (laughs) perfect conclusion to this episode of them kind of looking towards different things. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And I, I love that it's, we finally arrive at the moment where they meet. It's just, just a perfect poetic ending. Yeah. And it's not, you know, what both of them think they're going for is something perfect, something that will satisfy them fully. Right. Um, but what I, what I call lost, it, you know, it's the good news or it's the gospel of lost. It's the, I call it the imperfect gospel of lost because it's, they're finding it in each other. Now mm. that's lost central message. Like we find, we, we live together, but as we see people are imperfect and that that's mm-hmm. why it's the imperfect. It's like, yeah, when you find your hope in the other person, they're going to let you down a lot and it's going to be volatile, but it's going to be something you're doing together. So that's why it's the the show is, you know, you say, oh, that this seems like a happy ending, but we know where it's going still. But it's worth it because they're still fighting to be together, even in the imperfectness of it. So, Mm -hmm. and and that's like, again, you know, another central theme of Lost is, is like the struggle of faith. You know, mm-hmm. and that's the ups and downs continuing to pursue. 
Um, and yeah, this is, this is a good representation of kind of the beginning of that journey where they, they find each other, uh, and they're just at the beginning of, of all sorts of struggles along the way too, but, um, but they need each other for, for those struggles as well. Very true. Oh, Jeanette son, you guys, you're so cute together. So cute together. You gotta get back together on the island to be cute together some more. Come on. <laughs> I I love I really, really like this episode and I really think it's kind of cool how most of it is kind of inconsequential for the larger like mythology of Lost, which I think is the reason I I, I would assume that there are people who you know dislike this episode because of that mm-hmm. but i i think there's something so cool about a, a story that is so deep and and gives you so much about these characters um that is really just a connection episode from from one story to the next you know um i i think it's just a really cool cool way to learn about these characters and i think it's cool that it's almost perfectly represented and the episode begins and ends with sun looking out at the ocean having kind of gone through this internal journey um to in finding the ring and kind of going through the emotions of that um yeah it's it's one of those underrated episodes in my opinion yeah very poetic very uh yeah yeah very well structured and uh well acted well directed well uh they, they they do add in just enough of the mythology where the you know the others are yes. sprinkled yeah. in there to keep that intrigue, but yeah, it's it's great, great up, good job, lost. You did it again, a plus, a plus game, definitely. But um, I think that just about wraps it up for this week. Uh, next week, uh, one thing about this episode that's interesting usually. In the episode, they'll kind of tease what's coming. They don't really tease. I mean, we know the 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 tail section's coming back to our camp, mm-hmm. our survivors. But we didn't get to see Shannon at all in this episode. But yeah. we get to talk about some Shannon next week, and hopefully nothing horrible goes wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh boy. Oh, boy. But until then, it's always good time talking Lost with you, man. Thanks for doing it. It's uh, fun and great. Of course. I I was very excited to talk about And Found with you. Yes, it is a fantastic episode. This episode titled And Found. <laughs> was that too long? No, that was that was just long enough, I think. Nice. All right. But uh, I guess until next time, we will see you in another episode, brothers. <laughs> <laughs>